So guys, my name is Colby. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm in recovery for pornography, people-pleasing, control. And I was gonna say this past week, but I'd say the past like two hours, I think a lack of patience, which has just led to frustration in my heart, <laughs> if I'm honest. What's up, guys? Uh, and it is real, real to me right now. When you have some of those conversations with people and you're just like, boy, that did not go well. I saw that going a very different direction and that can be really hard. And so that is like where I'm at as I stand up here and I just had this and so, man, pray for that. God like actually really cares about unity within his body and within believers. Uh, and when that doesn't happen, I'm just like, man, what part do I have to play in that? And as I look at it and think about it, it's like, man, there's that frustration. And so, man, we're still working through the steps, even up here. And so, uh, guys, like I said, my name's Colby. Something you probably don't know about me, like born and raised in Texas. And so Texas culture to me is like some of the most mind-blowing uh, when I actually think about it. I was born here. Um, they're always like, if people didn't live here, they're like, man, I got here as soon as possible. Or like, if anything goes wrong, they're like, Texas will be the first ones to secede. We know that for sure. Uh, and then you have like the state fair and it's like the only place where you think of any food and you're like, you can deep fry it and we're gonna eat it. And they're just like, I love that kind of stuff. But there's one like phenomenon within Texas that I think is crazy. I don't know, has anyone been to Bucky's, the gas station? Like even the fact that you just like cheered for a gas station like blows my mind. I'm like, it's wild, it's crazy. And so uh, for 4th of July, I went up to the lake with my wife. Uh, we've been married for a year and three months. She's like, let's go to the lake with some of our friends. I'm like, yes. I'm the kind of guy on a road trip where it's like, we fill up beforehand. There are no stops for the bathroom. Even if we drive five hours, we don't stop. We're getting there. We have one focus. Uh, and of course, like we're driving down the road and I see a sign for Bucky's and like beaver nuggets. And I was like, we should for sure stop. And so like you go over there and you like plan to just go in. It's like, we're just gonna use the bathroom and get some beaver nuggets. And you walk out and it's like, I've got six taquitos. I've got like, like four bags of beef jerky. I have a Yeti cooler and a fire pit. And I'm like, what just happened? I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, this place influenced me to just spend all of our money on this. I'm just like, I don't even need a fire pit. Um, but like, that's the influence that this place has on you when you walk in, it's wild. And I start there because if you have missed it or been with us even for a little bit, we're in this new series called Influencers. And we've been talking about how things within the world uh, influence our lives and the way that we respond to it. And so we've talked about Jesus, we've talked about Satan, Bryce even talked about fear and how that influences us. And tonight, what we're gonna talk about is culture and how culture can influence us. And not just uh, influence us on, uh, man, should I buy beaver nuggets or some of these things, but I truly believe that some of the things that are taught in culture influence the way that we react, not only interpersonally with one another, but even on a deeper level, I think it communicates a way that we respond in our relationship with God. I think I've seen it played out in my own life and as I think through it, uh, like man, where do some of these thoughts come from? A lot of it I can contribute to my dad and his dad told him before him, but I even went and looked and I'm like, man, two values that the American culture holds really high is hard work and independence. I mean, it's literally what this country was built on but I think that the enemy takes these things and then we start to think about it and what it leads to is self-sufficiency, isolation, and really a work-based mentality that we bring into relationships, especially with God. And so that's what we're gonna talk about tonight is just how this culture and this idea influences a lot of what we do. And so as I think about it with relationships with one another, our horizontal relationships is one way I like to call it, as I'm like looking up and just thinking through this idea, 
uh, it is wild. The United States is like ranked one and two if you look at all the different countries for individualization or, uh, yeah, being an individual and then even just isolation, which is wild. We are always ranked for that of like, man, it's all about me. It's all about number one. I'm gonna go ahead and do it, which is crazy because this has bred the thought of, um, who's ever heard, man, if you want something done right, everybody, you gotta do it yourself. And it's something as you think about it, it's like, man, I know that I've said that. And it's like, where did I even hear that from? But it breeds this independence of like, yeah, I've got it figured out. I'm gonna do it on my own. I've got this all figured out. And then I wrote down that I think that can lead to these two questions. How often do you need help, but you do it on your own? Or how often do you think you need to do it on your own or you're worthless or you're less than or considering yourself weak? And I thought about both of these questions and I was like, man, uh, I might not say this verbally out to people like, well, I think I'm weak, so I'm not gonna ask for help. But in the way that I act and the things that I do, I think I believed that for a really long time and these influenced my life for 25 years, which is crazy when I think about that. What it leads to is just me thinking of like, man, I have to do it on my own. I have to do it myself. You know what? I need to look out for number one. And I think the enemy loves that idea because he's like, perfect. I'm gonna isolate you. I'm gonna keep you by yourself because I know that you're weak when you're by yourself. And it's completely like contrary to what God's word says. When I was thinking through it, I thought through Proverbs 18.1, it says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. First Peter 5.8 says that your enemy, Satan, prowls around like a lion seeking for someone to devour. And if you think of even a lion in the wilderness, what are they doing? They're looking for the one that's weak by himself. It's like, oh, that's the one that I'm going after, the one that's isolated. And I truly believe that's why God's like, hey, I don't want you to be isolated, but this cultural idea of like, I need to do it myself, I need to figure it out, leads us to isolate from other people. Even in the midst of region, I think that we're like, you know what, I need to figure this out, I'm gonna do the book work by myself, prayer card, don't need that, got all this right here. When if we really like get down to the root of it, it's like, I need help. I cannot do it on my own. And I think that's what God's telling us. Because even as we see in Acts 4.32, this is where the early church started. It says, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And then in verse 34, it says, it goes on to say, that there was not a needy person among them, showing that I think that God designed us to be in community and designed us to be together, helping one another, stirring each other on towards love and good deeds is what I think. But in the midst of that, we believe that cultural lie that if I ask for help, man, it, I'm weak. And when I think weak, I think bad. And so that can't be good. And so we just kind of do our own thing. And as I look at it, I'm like, I think that's what brought a lot of us in here tonight, if I'm really honest. I think we've sat here, tried to do it under our own strength, our own thoughts, and it's like, man, I've got this whole thing figured out. And it goes well for a little bit, and you're like, you know what, it's not too, too bad. But then it gets worse. Or that only satisfies for a little bit, and then we find ourselves back in the same old spot. And I think bringing ourselves in here, we're like, I'm at my wit's end when I think there's people even in this room that are like, man, I would love to be able to help you. Christianity is a team sport. You were never meant to do it on your own.
but we'll never figure out how to do that interpersonally with one another if we don't focus on our vertical relationship with God. Because as I see this, uh, influences not just our relationships with one another, but I think that starts to influence our relationship with God. And the fact that we sit here and we think, you know what, I've tried to have help before, but when I was actually even humble enough to raise my hand or to ask for help, that person hurt me. And you know what? I'm tired of being hurt and I'm, I've been hurt in the past and I won't let it happen again. And so we build up these walls and we're like, you know what? I'm gonna protect myself. I'm gonna feel super safe. No one's gonna get in here. And then you've blocked yourself off to everyone, not just people around you, but I think with God too. Because we're like, man, if that loving God truly loved me, I wouldn't be in the spot that I'm in right now. If he truly loved me, I wouldn't be hurting the way that I'm hurting. And man, I think through um, probably just two separate camps in this room, I think there's one group that's like, man, I haven't even trusted God with my eternity. I'm gonna hold on to everything and just kind of white knuckle it through and just figure it out. It's me on my own. And I'd tell you, you know what? I think you need to get out of the driver's seat. I think you need to turn your life over to God and truly see what it looks like to surrender your life and say, you know what, I'm gonna trust God not just with my eternity, but with my day to day. So some of you need to get out of the driver's seat and some of you like me have gotten out of the driver's seat in, your, uh, in the passenger seat right there, but you had that problem with control and like everyone loves a backseat driver and you're like reaching for the wheel and it's like, oh, sorry. But uh, you know what, I'll give over this one thing, but there's just this one thing I have to hold on to and just have to control. Uh, I trust you with these three items, but man, this is the one I just, if I really gave this over to you, I just don't know if I have enough faith that you'd actually fix it and make it go well. And guys, God wants all of you, not part of you, not the three things, the four things, but everything that you have. And if you find yourself in a rut or you feel stuck, I'd ask you, are you really surrendering your life to God? You might not say that. You might be like, yeah, totally, I'm everything. But in the way that you're acting, the way that you're doing things, is there something that you're still holding on to that you're like, man, this is the one. This is the hard one for me to actually give over. But as I see it and I think through that spot where you've already accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you trust in his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. That's the only way that you'd have a relationship with God. I think through Galatians 3, 3, it says, are you so foolish? Having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And as we think through just being weak, and sometimes we can think weak is such a bad thing. I think I've, I thought that for a really long time. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 reminds us, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And guys, as I just think through this, I think that culture has like just fed us a lie that has been twisted where we think through individualism and it's like, man, that's a good thing, independence. But at least say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna do what I wanna do. Don't tell me to do anything differently. Don't disagree with what I want. And so we think we have it all figured out, but it gives us a false sense of peace and we can't understand like, man, I thought I have peace for a little bit, but there's still a level of anxiety in my heart that I can't really put my finger on. And if we're honest with ourselves in this room right now, I think there's those things that we just like, we really are still holding on to and we just can't trust because it's like, man, I believed the lie for so long that I've got to figure it out. And I don't want to be weak. I've been hurt before and to trust someone else, boy, I just don't know if I can do it. I'm going to tell you right now, 
Everyone in here is broken and struggling with something and ain't no one in here batting a thousand. And so, yeah. And that's one, guys, like as I think through just even the conversation I just had, I was like, man, I could feel like a sense of frustration in me uh, in that relationship of just like, this is not going well. I thought it would go better. And I think it's just a lack of patience. And I'm like, how do you not see these things? And even he might be in the wrong, but I'm like, man, if I just draw that circle around myself and think about it, it's like, man, I have something to own there of my lack of patience, being critical of what I think he should be thinking. And so if you've ever been in that spot, I don't need you to raise your hand. Think about it. And think about, man, you know what, tonight, I'm actually gonna take a step and trust the people that are around me. I'm actually gonna take a step of faith and say that one thing that I've been holding on to for a really long time, I'm finally willing to surrender it. Because guys, when I first came here to Regent, I think back to my very first time, I parked over on that side of the parking lot and it like took me an hour because I was living at the shops at Legacy and I was like, I do not need to be here. And what I used to think all the time, what they wouldn't let me say on stage, but I can now because I can and I'm up here, uh, is I was like, man, this place sucks. It's dark, it's depressing. It's not Shane and Shane and it feels like an AA meeting. I've never been to AA, but if I had, I think this is it. And that's literally what I thought. And I was like, man, I'm not as bad as all of those people. I'm not sticking needles in my arm. And I remember the guy that was leading first time guests up there was like, man, we'll be praying for your pride. I was like, I know, that's literally what I thought. I was like, dang, dude, I can't believe you just said that to me. But I was, I was so stinking prideful. So prideful. I was like, I don't need your help. And I don't need you telling me what to do. I've got all this figured out. Because I'd believed it for so long of like, I've got this. I need to pick myself up by my bootstraps and figure it out because that's what my dad had taught me. And I just allowed that to breed into relationships with other people, was very defensive, wasn't willing to let people in and actually challenged me to sharpen me. And I think if God would have pointed out all the things that needed to be fixed, he's like, dude, you're so prideful. Even if I pointed it out, you wouldn't change any of it because you got the whole thing figured out. But as I think about it, and I think not about my earthly father, but my heavenly father, it's about surrender, not self-sufficiency. It's not about pride, it's about humility. And so there might be some of y'all in here that are like, man, uh, I think I am prideful thinking I can do it on my own. I got this whole regen thing figured out. But I don't care how many times you go through this and you're like, man, I, this is my fourth, fifth time. There's guys I've talked to that have gone through four or five times and they're in the exact same spot because they haven't humbled themselves before the mighty hand of God and let God exalt him in the proper time. They thought they'd figure it out and be like, man, look at my resume. And I say that because I think I was that guy for a while. And so team, as you go tonight and you think about these things, I want you to think, man, how can I humble myself and surrender more of my life to God? It's not about working and doing more. Doing things different, it's about being different. And that's about heart change that only God can do. And so how do you surrender more of your life to him and say, you know what, Lord, I'm gonna hand this over to you as hard as it is. And as much as I wanna white knuckle it, I'm gonna open my hand. And then in 10 minutes later, when I white knuckle it, help me open my hand because I can't do it on my own. And that's what you're gonna hear tonight from my buddy, Josh, a really good friend of mine. I couldn't even believe that he's given his testimony tonight. I was like, dude, the fact we're doing this together, let's go. Uh, it's just super sweet. And you get to hear from his story about God, how God has changed his life and is still continuing to do it if you're new here, I don't want you to sit here and think like, man, if I just finish regen, everything's gonna look good. I'm gonna be perfect. You are still gonna struggle. Walking with the Lord is very hard. 
because culture would tell you one thing and following the Lord is changing everything and following him. And it's about surrendering everything. And so you're gonna hear that from Josh right now. So guys, welcome Josh, pick it up here.